What's the difference between a debate and an argument? My name is Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, we're going to talk about what games involve, shall we say, heated discussions with your fellow players, either as a side effect or as part of the game itself. Hey, welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are Emily Finnerty. Hi. And Steve Tassie. Be it resolved, hello. <laughs> okay, this week we're going to talk about those times at the game table when you're trying to convince somebody of something and somebody else is trying to convince them you're wrong. This can take several different forms. There's the traditional, the rules say this, no, the rules say that debate, which most people probably wouldn't consider to be much fun. There's the what should I do argument that comes up in social deduction games like Werewolf and Resistance, as well as co-op games, and even some competitive games with heavy interaction. And then there's the debating format, where the game itself is actually a kind of debating contest, and usually two people go at it, and then everybody else votes on who won the debate. So let's get the first one out of the way right off the bat, because it should never really happen, right? I mean, nothing good ever comes of arguing over what the rule is. Well, the rules are always so clear and precise that why should such an argument ever arise? <laughs> and there are never any translation errors. <clears throat> Never. Never. And, uh, and, and there aren't whole discussion boards on uh, huge sprawling websites debating the semantics of various different rules and trying desperately to get answers from manufacturers and designers on the subject. Um, sometimes it really is... Uh, we, we, we talked a little bit about the play contract a few episodes back, but uh, it, it, sometimes even knowing the rules isn't enough. Like, you guys know categories, of course. Yes. Basically. Yeah. In, uh, everybody in our audience, uh, Scattergories is a party game where you get a letter from the alphabet and you have to name an item that starts with that letter that fits that category. Which means that if the category is household tasks and the letters R and somebody writes down rugs, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a debate happening at the table. Uh, rugs isn't a task, my friend. Yeah, uh, it's a noun. You have to do the rugs. So <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm doing the rugs. So doing the rugs is a task. So yeah, but doing the rugs starts with a D, not People who play categories, we're so sorry. We don't mean to demean you with this. Um, but yeah, how on earth do you resolve something like that? I mean, you've, I think in the book they actually say you have to vote for it. But that's sure to result in hurt feelings, isn't it? Bloodsport. That's kumate. <laughs> or even word on the street. I think word on the street gets away with it by um, having it uh, go a fair bit faster, having that timer on there. But um, yeah, what, what, if you don't have a game guru who can bring broad over to a table and resolve one of these questions, <laughs> what do you do? I mean, do, do you just let the loudest player do it? Do you just sort of try and eyeball it for this point? I mean, how do you get around it? Well, I, I think voting works... But only if you have an odd number of players, because mm -hmm. what happens when you vote and it's a tie, then Ooh, it's... Another the, argument. Then it's the person who owns the game who makes the call. Sure, that can work. And actually, I think that, that might actually be better than voting, because if it is a vote, then we get to find out who's on whose side, and then you can take it personally. You voted <clears> against <throat> me for that one, so I'm going to... And that sort of metagaming probably isn't something that you want to see. Uh, Lifeboats actually solves the problem of tie votes. I mean, it's not a debate game at all, no. but it's a voting game. Uh, and every round, a different player is the tiebreaker. Uh, that's just worked right into the rules. So if there happens to be a tie vote, the player with the first player puck makes the call. Uh, similarly with uh, Riffraff, in the event of a tie, the player who is the captain... Uh, for that round makes the call. So I think having just having a rotating decider um, 
would work for that sort of situation. Yeah, the uh, thing is that it seems to be mostly party games that, uh, or, or dexterity games that have these sort of edge cases that are going to create that sort of thing. Strategy games are made by, for the most part, people who are very analytical and mm-hmm. very intent on making sure there's no ambiguities in the rules or anything. But party games, the kind of game where you most want things to be moving quickly mm-hmm. and, uh, and be light and fun, those are the ones that tend to actually lend themselves, ironically, the most to actual arguments about the rules. I feel that those games are also very likely to have house rules. Mm. And house rules can do a lot that's to sort of thing. get around these things as well, mm-hmm. as long as everybody knows what the rules of this That's the thing. Are. Like somebody that has been that was taught this game with some other person's house rules now playing it with for the first time with <laughs> a different group of people that are all played by the actual rules or a different set of house rules. Now it's this big argument. And it's, it's not you even put like... put the money on free parking. Yeah, exactly. No, my house, don't. my rules. Well, at least you're probably at somebody's house in that case. So you've sort of got a way of thinking with it. But yeah, I, that one is just something you just want to avoid. Yeah. Uh, can we just? I guess we probably agree that it's never good if it comes to that point. That kind of a debate is bad for games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move up to a somewhat more ambiguous area where maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. The what should I do situation. We just did an episode a little while ago about the alpha player. And how uh, when one person's not quite sure what to do, they might be getting advice, solicited or otherwise, from the other players about what they ought to do. Um, this happens, I think, most often as, as, as an, in a debate format in social deduction games. If you're playing Werewolf, who should we lynch? If you're playing The Resistance, who should we vote for? Who should we accuse as the traitor knight in Shadows Over Camelot? You're never going to let me live that down, are you? Never. Actually, it wasn't my fault. That was Dave's fault that time, so it's, I'm okay. I feel slightly vindicated. There. I hope you're listening, Dave. <laughs> He'll accept responsibility. He's big enough to do that. But uh, this, is, this actually isn't bad, right? This is good arguing. I think it's the core of most of those games, especially ones like Resistance and Werewolf and uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, where... There's very little other game going on. In a game like Shadowhunters, there's more game, so you're you're doing more stuff. So the more you argue, sort of the slower the game gets. But with Resistance, the arguing is the game. That's what it's all about. If you're not debating with each other on who's the who's the spy, you don't get the game. Yeah, you're playing it very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that actually brings the fun in that case. Uh, getting Edging a little bit closer to the line. Sometimes in a competitive game, we'll have the bit where several players are all closing on the win and every decision that you make affects more than one person, so everybody has a stake in what choices you make. And uh, they're all sort of debating over what will happen if we do this move or that move, and sometimes that can kind of slow the game down. Is that necessarily bad, or is it always a problem? Is it okay? I think it depends on how much it happens and... Um, and what kind of game. Yeah, I mean, it, it can certainly hurt feelings when one person is in the position of kingmaker right. and could make a variety of kings th- by one decision and which way that decision goes. Um, I, I've definitely seen people uh, get hurt feelings when this person doesn't make the decision in their direction right uh and they feel that they ought to um how dare you take the captain yeah i i i it's especially um anytime you're playing a game with couples it's an issue because either one member of the couple decides against the other 
member and that second member gets upset about it or you face the situation where the couple is a voting block essentially uh, regardless of <laughs> each individual's ability to win the game is uh, they're always going to Perez and his girlfriend are always going to be <laughs> playing together. Uh, I getting, hope you're listening, Chris. <laughs> when you're getting towards the end of a game like Waterdeep or Puerto Rico or something, and every move sort of counts, do you find that um, if, if, if the game slows down at that point, does the, the interaction, the debate of what should this player do, what should that player do, does that add or detract from the experience of it? I think it adds to it. Hmm. Um, I think that a little, that like some healthy debate amongst people that aren't going to take it personally is good. You know, it's part of the appeal of board games is playing games with people. Mm. And, you know, in as much as you can technically play a lot of games sitting there by yourself, playing your cards and moving your bits in complete silence, like, that's not fun. <laughs> like, yeah. I play board games to talk to people about, and, like, spend time with people and interact about board games. And that's, debate is a big part of that for me. Yeah, it broadens the social dimension yeah, exactly. of it. exactly. Um, and not necessarily to the detriment of the more uh, mechanical elements of it, too. Like uh, at the end of the famous game of Shadows Over Camelot, when Dave had to make the fateful decision of who to accuse, he basically opened the forum to everybody. It's like, okay, who do you think the traitor is? You know, why, who do you think the traitor is? And then to each person, okay, make your case. Why should I not believe that you're innocent? And it took on almost like a courtroom sort of feel. And uh, it's true, it made that last turn take a long time, but I'm not going to forget that. It was worth it. It was it great. Was, yeah. It was fantastic. Even though you lost. <laughs> and the third part, straight up debates. Then we have debates where the arguing is actually the game. Something like who would win. You guys have played who would win, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for the benefit of our audience who don't know this one, here's how the game works. You get a card. Somebody else sitting at the table gets a card. Each card has the name of a person on it, like Martha Stewart or... Dracula. Dracula. Okay, so, and then you flip a third card, which has a contest on it, like pie-eating. Okay, Dra Dra Martha Stewart versus Dracula, pie-eating contest, who wins? Go. You have 30 seconds to make your case, they have 30 seconds to make their case, 10-second rebuttal, 10-second rebuttal, and then we vote. That's the game. That's the whole game. And surely nothing bad can come of arguing in a case like that, right? Arguing's good in that case. That's not arguing, that's debating. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's what the game is for. Um, Bring it to a table with people who are more into, I guess, more mechanical sort of games, and it might uh, kind of fall flat, though. People don't like to argue. People who don't like uh, conflict mm -hmm. might be actually quite averse to something like that. There's also the situation um, if there is a player who is clearly not as good as others at the debate format and the the ability to think quickly, improvise, come up with an argument and present it, mm. um, you run into the possibility of um, pity votes uh, or that one player never winning and not having a good time about it. So, I mean, th there are downfalls, but that's, I think, the nature of that style of game and it should be played by people who are going to enjoy it as opposed to... Here, your people, here's a game. Play it regardless of who you are. Uh, which I think goes for pretty much every kind of game. Most but. of them, yes. There aren't a lot of one-size-fits-all games out there. Um, but this can still create some hurt feelings in some cases, particularly when the specific people involved are part of the debate. Now, who would win has this padding on it. 
You know, we're arguing about Dracula and Martha Stewart here. It's it, not... it resolved Dracula doesn't actually eat, so he would be <laughs> terrible at a pie-eating contest. Definitely, Martha. 100%. <laughs> oh, you want to make your case? Well, as Steve said, like she actually eats solid food okay. to start. Um, I'm sure that Dracula's digestive tract is not no longer compatible with you know baked goods, fruit, butter, gluten. This is basically what the game is like. Yeah. Although he could hypnotize the judges into thinking he'd won. Oh. He would mesmerize them with his Dracula powers. Well, pie-eating contests must have taken place during the daytime, don't they? <laughs> now, 3 a.m. pie-eating contest? Are we, are we talking about the book Dracula, or are we talking about the standard Hollywood Dracula? Which one? Time's up. <laughs> In the book, you can go out in the day, that's all. I'm saying... <laughs> thing is that there are other games in which it's possible to get a bit more personal, and I'm talking specifically about a game called A Question of Scruples. Do you guys know this one as well? Yes. A little bit. So for the benefit of our audience and also for Emily, you should, I, I, I don't know if you love or hate this game. I'm going to be I, curious to know what you I think. Feel, I feel I've encountered it in small, tiny, little impersonal doses before, but, but do go on. So what happens is uh, you're going to be asking the other players moral questions, reading them off these cards. Questions like... Your teenage son tells you in strict confidence that a friend of his is using cocaine. Do you warn this other boy's parents? Or you're buying a house from a sweet little old lady. She's asking far too little. Do you tell her? And you're trying to predict whether people will answer yes or no or depends to these questions. Now, that in and of itself, not necessarily all that uncomfortable. But here's the thing. After you get your answer, if you believe that that answer was insincere, you can challenge that person and do a who would win style debate. See how it goes, and uh, play you that. would totally rip off that old lady. <laughs> You're a jerk. I would totally rip off that old lady. <laughs> the housing market in Toronto is crazy. But this this is the thing: if you play it with the right people, scruples is wonderful. But because the argument, well, okay, let's call them debates because they are debates at that point. They could become arguments though, because they're dealing with the attitudes and reactions and beliefs of the actual people you're sat around the table with and yeah. that can get kind of dangerous i mean would you it's now that you sort of are a bit more familiar with the idea what do you think is that would you play that with your friends no no? <laughs> no i totally would basically because we're all morally superior people who believe that everything we do well, is I'd, totally I'd, justified i play them with friends i have no intention of still being friends with in, in like an hour <laughs> right I would still be friends with you, even if you said that you wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't warn the sweet little old lady about this little yeah, no. that you're asking. Yeah. I'd probably like make her a lot of pie. <laughs> just like show my thanks in other ways, but you just give her the spare room. Yeah, I don't know. That's fine. But what if she's Dracula? She won't want your pie. <laughs> Stop it, Steve. <laughs> I was about to ask. Actually, is there any way that you can keep it from getting too personal, or do you just have to avoid these kinds of games with the wrong kinds of players? I feel like a game like that, you could probably have like a like a veto thing. I mean, if you're playing it with with people that you know, you can say, okay, well, like if anyone at any point feels uncomfortable, just like have a safe word. Yeah, like or like have like again, if it's scruples, like yes, no, depends. Just have an abs like abstain card. So, no, I'm not answering that. No, I'm not answering I'm, that question. I'm the fifth. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. for a walk. Trigger. I'm gonna get a drink. Trigger. Yeah, I I don't want to talk about this subject. Just fair just... enough. <laughs> 
All right, let's call it close to that debate. If there's another topic you'd like to hear about on this show, please do tweet it to us at SnakesCast or book us on our Facebook page or use the contact form at snakesandlattes.com. Emily, Steve, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jonathan. Yay. The SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. I'll see you next week, everyone. Game on. Game on.